Hello, hello. My name is Andrew Van, and it's time for another five-song podcast, where I'm going over five songs, new or old, that recently caught my attention and I wanted to share my opinions on. For today's episode, we're going to be covering songs by Kendrick Lamar, My Chemical Romance, Lizzo, Bea Badubi, and Kasabian. So let's dive right in, shall we? Starting with Kendrick Lamar's The Heart Part 5. I come from a generation of pain will murder his minor. Rebellious and more jealous, a chip you for designer. Belt buckles and cloud overzealous and prone to violence. Make the wrong turn, be your will of the will alignment. Residue burn, missed at the inner city. Miscommunication to keep homo detector busy. No protection is risky. Desensitized, I vandalize pain. Covered up and camouflage. Get used to hearing arsenal rain. Analyze. So, to be perfectly honest, I'm kind of loath to cover this song given the level of hype that it's been generating. Like, it's Kendrick. There's already a shit zillion videos breaking down the deeper message of the music video and the technical brilliance of the bars. Why do you think he turns into Kanye West when he mentions bipolar disorder? <sighs> I think one of Kendrick's many strengths is that he builds depth out of his material through straightforward observations. Analysis is fun and all, but not everything is some 5D chess game you need to decode with some shocking truth at the end of the rainbow. And for this song, Kendrick decided to meditate on what gets included or excused as part of black culture, and in the music video, he chooses to deepfake the appearance of several controversial black celebrities to back up this idea he presents in the lyrics of black culture both creating damaged and even monstrous people while also pushing them away and abandoning them. A lot of people have been pointing out the similarities between what he did with Nipsey on the final verse of this song and what he did with Tupac on the song Mortal Men. And I've got a lot of mixed feelings about speaking for the dead, especially when you are literally wearing their face. But how is the music? Well, the beat is really, really good. Smooth as shit. It's a pretty short loop, which means Kendrick's fierce delivery really stands out against it. And based on the way that things drop out, this wasn't a simple sampling off of like a vinyl record or an mp3 or something like it sounds like he got a hold of the original master recording for the Marvin Gaye song that he sampled overall I really like this track and think it was a pretty uh, impactful return to the music landscape for Mr. Lamar and next up we are going to talk about the Foundations of Decay by My Chemical Romance. Okay, but this song isn't some hype beast shit. It's a fairly contemplative, multi-stage, six-minute 
journey. Yeah, I don't really consider this much of a banger, much less a uh, well-structured pop tune, but it is a immensely curious teaser for what could be coming down the pipe. Like, the sonic landscape of this track feels like it walks the line of the more alternative side of their early albums and the classic rock bombast of the Black Parade, which seems to indicate the band aren't picking up where they left off. Their final two albums, Conventional Weapons and Danger Days, exploring more of a garage rock and new wave aesthetic. Yeah, we're back to the angst, baby! My criticisms of the song, besides it not being the most earwormy thing they've ever put out, boil down to Gerard's vocals being weirdly mixed. They feel kind of buried and lo-fi at points. There's parts of this song I think would sound more anthemic if we did have a clearer, stronger vocal take. And I also wish that Ray had some more interesting leads during the heavier back half of this track. They're trying to go mama levels of heavy, and I just feel like I could have used like a good freak out. Nasty little guitar solo. Throw me something here. But besides those reservations, I do find it to be an exciting teaser of what is to come. And next up, we're going to cover About Damn Time by Lizzo. For me, Lizzo is forever trapped in the purgatory of 2019. It was really cool to watch her career explode over the course of that year, but the pandemic has made it hard for me to relate to the pure joy and self-confidence that made Cause I Love You such an irresistible album when it was released. It's the pandemic, and unfettered optimism just feels like you got your head in the fucking sand. But, you know, Lizzo gives it her best shot. She's certainly brimming with charisma at all times. And on paper, About Damn Time has all of the components of a great Lizzo track. The disco funk beat is on point. The track opens with some fun quotables. Plenty of flutes on the back half. But somehow the track feels oddly less than the sum of its parts. The best material on her last album felt effortless and like kind of shocking, whereas About Damn Time, in contrast, feels a lot more put together. One might even say calculated or marketable. And it is well put together, don't get me wrong. The recording and production is fantastic. It's just maybe not as immediate or memorable as her last album. And with that, we're on to the fourth song I want to talk about today, which is Talk by Bea Badubi. You know, it just occurred to me, I've never heard this singer's name 
said out loud before. I hope I'm not butchering it too bad. Anyway, I became aware of Baba Doobie's music a couple of years ago. She's got a very charming late 90s throwback vibe to her stuff. And since the release of her debut album, she's begun dabbling more and more in a full band approach to her music, with last year's Our Extended Play EP sounding positively beefy compared to the lo-fi acoustic songs that she broke onto the scene with. Which brings us to Talk, the teaser single for her second album, Beatopia. This track is the most straightforward guitar rock she has done up to this point, and I really fucking like it. <sighs> it reminds me of something that her label mates, Pale Waves, would do, but even then, I don't think they've taken their music in such a fuzzy and frantic direction as Talk. And I think her ability to pull off this sound comes from some of the ways that she differs from other Gen Z singers. Because she does have this very soft delivery, but it's not flat and disaffected, and because of that it can still be very emotional. She can give her delivery direction. So even though she's not belting the chorus on this song, it still feels like a different presentation, a different emotion than her performance on the verses. And I hope a lot of the material on her forthcoming album also explores this sonic territory. And the final song that I'm going to be covering today is Scripture by Kasabian. <laughs> So it's been a little over a decade since I last checked in on Kasabian. Their early albums dropped when I was in high school and seemed to struggle with differentiating themselves from late career Oasis, as well as a lot of the Strokes worship that was popular at the time. But I did like their album West Rider Lunatic Asylum, which opened up their sound in a pretty significant way. Apparently, while I wasn't paying attention to them, they lost their lead singer, but scripture does doesn't seem that outside of their usual sound, thanks to their backup singer-slash-lead songwriter-slash-guitar player stepping up to be the frontman. That being said, Scripture does have a pronounced hip-hop influence on it compared to their older stuff, which isn't entirely unsurprising, seeing as they've worked with on multiple albums uh, Dan the Automator, the producer behind the first Gorillaz record, as well as Cool Keith's Dr. Octagon projects, and I think the band are smart enough at this point to steer the track away from sounding particularly rap rock-ish. Sure, the vocals on the verses have a hip-hop cadence to them, but it doesn't go on long enough to be particularly cringy, and is one of many different vocal deliveries flying around this cut. I don't know if their new singer just has something to prove with this, but he's 
seriously moves through a bunch of different deliveries. And it keeps the song feeling fresh as the songwriting builds up and releases tension constantly throughout. I bet this song is an absolute nightmare to perform live, though, given the way that certain parts of the song loop back over top of other sections with vocals running all over each other. It's ambitious and has a lot of energy to it. My one complaint is that, like much modern radio rock, it's still very self-serious in the way that I think is the legacy of bands like The Strokes and Oasis. Anyway, it's on that note that I'm going to wrap up this episode. If you like what you heard here, feel free to listen to our past episodes. There'll be links in the description to find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify under Media Diary Podcast. And as always, thank you for listening to my cruddy opinions.